0: What's up, everybody? Thanks again for stopping by for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman. Whoever you are, wherever you are listening from, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you're a returning listener, I greatly appreciate your continued love and support. And if you're a brand new listener of the showman, thank you so much for hopping aboard that pirate ship. You can follow me on Instagram at march 4 Pod. On YouTube at March 4 Pod. My website is march4th.podbean.com. The link tree with all of my stuff is in the podcast description for this episode. Y'all made it here, so you found me somehow. And I truly appreciate each and every one of you checking out another edition of the March 4th with Mike Bauman podcast. I hope that everybody is doing well out there. I hope that everybody had a happy Halloween. Now we get into the the real thick of the fall and the in the winter before you know it it's going to be winter and i know you guys are like mike come on fall just started man but uh but i'm excited because the holiday season is is truly my favorite time of the year um it's always the time of year where i get to go home and see family and friends that i don't get a chance to really see except a few times a year man that's part of growing older and moving away um so i'm really looking forward to thanksgiving and to christmas got a little trip coming up here to uh go to the beach uh, so I'm excited about that, but uh, but I hope everybody had a happy Halloween, man. Halloween is great. I love horror movies. For those of you, uh, those of you who listen to this show uh, frequently, you know my love for horror movies. I actually just recently watched Hellraiser two. I had seen the first one. I had never seen the second one, and holy shnikes, that movie is a trip, dude. Uh, they don't make them like they used to in terms of the practical effects from the '80s, man. Like that, that that movie had some of the greatest uh gory special effects i've ever seen in terms of practical effects and uh and in this episode we talk a little bit about horror movies i I geek out with my guests about it but uh but yeah halloween's always a lot of fun dude um whether you have kids whether you don't that's what's fun about halloween you get to enjoy it as an adult you can go to costume parties and there's all kinds of bars and you know places to go that do costume parties Uh, i know my hometown of toledo uh, at least they used to. I don't know if they still do, but they used to do a zombie crawl back in the day, uh, with with different bars. So it's fun, man. So I hope everybody had a safe and fun time, and uh, you didn't eat too much candy. Um, it's funny you go to the store and they trick you. You know, you get those those bags of the the mini candy bars, and and you have like ten of them, and you're like, I just ate three candy bars. <laughs> But, uh, but, yeah, dude, I'm excited for the holidays coming up it's uh it's always a mad dash at the end of the year with my job, just being in the financial realm of things with my day job, so it's gonna be crazy, I think the next few weeks but uh, but, like I said, the good news is is I get some time off uh to to spend some time with family, and I'm grateful for that so yeah, man i hope that uh I hope that you guys are all doing well. I hope that you close out the year on a high note and uh that you set some goals going into twenty twenty four don't wait till Still New Year's to start making some changes, whether it's with your mind, your body, your spirit. Um, if you want to make a job change, a career change, if you want to start a business, whatever it is, man, uh, you know, this is a great time to really start fleshing that out. Um, it's the beginning of November as I'm recording the the intro and the close to this week's episode. So I hope that everybody has a great closeout to the year, man. And uh, for me, it's been awesome to see the podcast continue to grow. So I do want to say thank you to everybody who takes the time to like Subscribe, share the episodes, tell your friends about it, leave a rating and a review on either Apple or Spotify. All those things go a really long way in helping the show get out to more people. So if you do enjoy what you hear on this show, taking the time to do any of those things, uh, you know, sharing it on Instagram, socials, it really helps out a lot. So to everybody who takes the time to do that, know that I really, really appreciate it. And there's some fun stuff coming up with the podcast uh, pretty soon here. To close the year, which I will divulge when it happens, but uh, I'm just grateful to connect with all of the awesome people that I've been able to uh, for this show, both listeners and artists and guests alike. And speaking of awesome people, um, these guys on this week's show are awesome. Their bands are awesome. I met them through another guy who's been on the show multiple times, who's also really cool. They are none other than Joey of Psychomantis and Josh of Split Image. Both of those bands are out of California, Split Image. It's a crossover hardcore band. Psycho Manus is a metal band. They both have new music out. Psycho Manus just dropped their EP Cerebral Labyrinths at the end of August, and Split Image did a split with the band Slingshot, which just came out at the end of September. That split is called Invaders from Uranus. You gotta love that. The artwork is sick. The music is sick on both of them. These guys did a Cali run. The first weekend of October, going to Stockton, Fresno, Murrieta, and Spring Valley. And as of this show releasing, um, Split Image and Slingshot just did a run of shows in Utah, Nevada, and Arizona right at the beginning of this month. Uh, just this past weekend. Um, really right now as I'm recording the intro and close this. But as as of it hitting your ears on Tuesday, they just did it. But, uh, but these guys are awesome, man. I, I really love both of these bands a lot and it's been fun to you know really have the opportunity to put these guys on the podcast uh Dylan from Real Verse Productions and Slingshot I first got in touch with him gosh almost 2 years ago I think it was around either the end of 21 or the beginning of 2022 right around that time um he's he's been in my wheelhouse and he's a great guy um he does Real Verse magazine he's done short films he performs in Slingshot. He also records music. Uh, he recorded Keith Allen's EP. Um, and he's done music videos for both of the bands on this show, uh, Split Image and Psycho Manus also did a tour doc last year, which he was on the show for with Joey. So Dylan's a great dude. And we talk about him on this episode. Joey and Josh got a lot of respect for him too. And uh, it's just really cool, man. There's a collective of bands. Corpus was just on. They're part of this collective of California bands, man, that uh is playing really awesome shows, getting kids to come out and have a good time, doing regional touring, putting out great great music releases. Uh there's really dope artwork involved which we get into on this conversation. And uh it's just it's just fun when you connect with good people. So Joey and Josh, I mean we we talk about everything from the touring that they've done, we talk about the the new music that they've done, we've talked about or we talk about rather the cool artwork involved in these releases and we also geek out on video games and horror movies on this one as well, man. And uh, I learned about where Psycho Manus's band name actually came from. So without further ado, I'm going to shut my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with Joey and Josh of Psycho Manus and Split Image, respectively. But first, as an intro to that conversation, because we got two bands on the episode this week, I'm going to give you guys the single Sloth from Split Image. Here it is. Well, Joey, Josh, thanks again so much for taking the time to do the podcast, dudes. I really appreciate it. I know you guys have uh, new music out right now, and you guys just did a, a weekend run in California with Stockton, Fresno, Marietta, and Spring Valley. So happy to get you guys on. Thanks for joining the show.
1: Yeah, of course. Pleasure Thank to be you. here. Thank you for having me.
0: <laughs> You're welcome. And before we officially get rolling, uh, why don't you guys let everybody know your names, even though I just said them, <laughs> and uh, what you what you play in your respective bands, and then that way when you're talking, people people know who's speaking. Okay, um,
1: my name is Josh Escobar, and I'm the vocalist of Split Image. Uh, my name is Joey Marsh, and I'm
2: the guitarist, uh, slash vocalist slash like band leader of the band Psychomansis.
0: Just as a place to start, like Joey, obviously, uh, you you've been on here before, and Josh, you were giving me a rundown of, of how you got into split image and how you know chris and those guys but uh <laughs> what's it been like over the last couple of years since the pandemic out there because it really seems like from having corpus on here from having slingshot on here joey's been on here before um i've, I've had keith on here there just seems to be a really cool community that you guys have and, and the shows look a lot of like a lot of fun and i know dylan has done uh, music videos for you guys um Corpse Dust just came out for Psycho Madness on on Friday the 13th, and I know Sloth came out mm-hmm. about a month and a half ago, and that was a cool live music video. But what's that been like for you guys just to be part of a, a cool community out there where it seems like there's just a lot of fun going on right now with with good shows and and good camaraderie between all the groups?
1: Um, I'll start this one. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll just let you i got you no worries man i'll give you a minute (laughs) um it's been great actually uh you know during the pandemic it had slowed a lot of uh concerts and performances because of you know the virus and all that and we were i think the last show we played together right it was the first show that we played together right joey uh in march at the whiskey babes bar yeah yeah that was like the last show that uh my band played in 2020 and After that, it was, you know, a lot of, you know, concern over, you know, getting sick and, you know, eventually they locked the country down and, you know, we had planned to do, Split had planned to do a tour at the time in the following year, 2021. And we planned to use uh, 2020 to play shows and to uh, do recordings for a EP that we had set up. And so um, we just decided to work on recordings and we had, I think we recorded the drums, I think, late 2019. Cause we had some songs left over from the previous band, uh, DVT, and so we used that, we integrated that sound, and um, we did some recordings that year. It took a long time though, because of different issues with members and conflicts and all that. And eventually, um, we ended up getting that out, I think it was 22, 2022, and so, um, you know, bouncing back from that, it was it's pretty difficult in 2020 because you know, everyone was you know, that were playing shows, or you know, being shamed to not not play because you don't want to spread everybody to get sick and all that. But, you know, as we're saying, like eventually <laughs> when things open back up, time goes by, um, you know, the scene has a way of coming back. And so uh, Solaris had been a brewery, I think, I'm not sure, 2019, 2018. It's my guess. Cause I didn't hear about it until about 2020, 2021. And um, one of our former members had mentioned it to us. And so happens that in 2022, it opened up for uh, local concerts. And so, you know, there was a few of us left over from the original vault scene from like, you know, 2010, 2011, uh, you know, Joey and I used to frequent that place as well as, you know, Christian and, and uh, Julian from Corpus came a little bit later. I think he was at the, my house days. Cause Chris has uh, low budget productions and he uses that for uh, recordings, but he also used that for organizing shows. So um you know from us that were at the vault we had no place for a while and there was like a small place called the dial and that was a cool place for a little bit but eventually all the venues you know disappeared and in Hemet, there was the wheelhouse um that place eventually disappeared so you know Hemet was the only place to have it house shows because in our area the cops always you know raid the shows so uh, we had to depend on that for a while and it you know it was really cool that things kept going and now it seems like there's a resurgence in the scene and it's slowly Coming back to uh, the way it used to be, where there's like now a scene, and younger people are starting to attend the shows. And, you know that's how all the bands started. So um, it's actually been great. You know the community here is pretty pretty tight. Everybody knows each other. Um, you know some of us who've been here, and then the new people. You know that constantly attend the shows, and that you know that's what keeps the scene going. So uh, you know Dylan's doing a great thing by you know doing music videos and helping all of us out. You know he's the film guy, and you know we're really appreciative of him. You know he does a lot and uh, his band Slingshot's great, too. We dropped, uh, what is it, Invaders of Uranus, <laughs> and so the uh, Sloth music video was a compilation of the shows that we had did, I think, from March and then on, I think, to, like, June or July. I'm sorry, I could have the dates wrong, but um, Dylan had decided to do that for a live music video, and the previous ones were, you know, set up with, like, you know, different takes and different settings, and so... Yeah, we were really appreciative of Dylan doing all that for us, and uh, we did that split with his band uh, the previous year. Uh, we did a split on a single with Zygomanis. We did uh, what was it? Uh, I think it was Cancerous and Disintegration. And so, you know, going forward now, we just got back from the Fresno run. It was pretty good. Uh, Stockton was an interesting place. Uh, never been there. Uh, I used to live up in Northern California, but I've never been up to uh, Stockton. I used to be in Sacramento, so. Um, it was our first time there. We played at Art Collective. It was really cool. Uh, one of the bands that Joey hung out with yesterday, uh, they're called Rennesla. Um, I think they're from Bakersfield. We got to play with them. You know, it was pretty cool. Um, she's really nice, Mars and the rest of her band. Um, we played with them in Stockton, and then the next day we played a mixed bill in Fresno um, with a few other ska bands. One of the bands was actually from Joey's area, The Odd Advantage. And so it was cool running into them there. And then the following day, we played Solaris with Slingshot. And then um, I think a band called Feed the Beast from L.A. They were pretty cool. Um, that was Ty Trujillo's uh, new band, the son of uh, Rob Trujillo from Talca. So it was cool to meet him. And um, it was a good show. Um, and then the following day, we played the Bancroft Bar in San Diego, Spring Valley. That was a cool place. Very cool stage you know, chill vibes and all. But yeah, no, we had a good uh, four day run and it was a lot different from last year's two week tour, but you know, we had a blast. And so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really happy what's going on with the scene. And I've been calling it for years saying, you know, eventually we're going to have a venue back. I just don't know when time went on and eventually Solaris became the new place. So, you know, it's great because it's a brewery and the vault, you know, years prior was a music like recording studio and shop. So, this place is a brewery, so it has, you know, 21 and up shows, but mostly they're all ages. So, you know, it's pretty cool. And, you know, we're grateful <laughs> to have a place to play because that keeps the seat going. So, go ahead, Joey.
2: Yeah. Um, can you guys hear me all right? Yeah. Okay. Great. Okay, cool. Um, I was going to say, like, having the community and everything, like, having such a large community and such a lot of like fellowship and like, uh, um, like camaraderie with like other bands and stuff really makes the whole thing like more enjoyable to do and also more fun. And it also kind of, it also kind of keeps us on our toes because I feel like we're constantly like trying to be better or like, Oh, these guys did this. So now we need to start doing something like that. And like, it's a healthy competition it pushes yourself as a musician as well. Um, yeah, I think, I think uh, the community is the whole reason why I think any of us even started to try to make our own music and play shows in the first place. So it's nice to have that and like a place to facilitate that and be able to play together and stuff. So sick. It's awesome. I like it
0: yeah you mentioned the healthy competition and i i think i touched on this with uh the corpus guys as well which is just that you know i think trying to be the best at whatever it is that you do whatever it is in life is the most important thing but also like it doesn't it doesn't benefit you at all the older you get um you know i don't know maybe some people it takes them takes them a while to learn and some people know it from an early age and i'm sure a lot of it has to do with how you're raised too i digress but like tearing other people down is never going to be a way to like propel yourself. And I think it's really cool that you guys have a a collective of bands that all support each other, go out to the shows, play shows together. Um, Like that death fest lineup was really cool. Um, And, and to see, to see you guys support each other is important because at the end of the day, I think that's really what it's all about to go, wow, I loved what split image put out, you know, our next EP, we got to make sure we bring it to versus like, those guys suck we're the best band in california you know what i mean like that that attitude doesn't get you anywhere so i think it's cool that you guys have that has it has it always been like that amongst all these bands like in in terms of you guys and you know i mean not to name names but have you had you guys been in previous circles where it wasn't always as as friendly as it, as it is now
2: hmm. i think uh I don't know. I can't really speak for like towards that for like the bands that we used to go see, like at the vault and stuff. But like, as long as I've been playing shows, like all the bands that we play with that are from our area are all super supportive and like excited to hear like new music and stuff. But as soon as we play like anywhere else, it kind of becomes that whole like, who are these guys? Like, who are these guys coming to play in our area? And it, but. I don't mind that so much because that just makes me want to play better anyway. Makes me want to perform
1: better, and No, yeah, I don't really mind. <laughs> yeah, out in uh, our area, everybody's supportive of each other. There is like a few bands that <laughs> I guess you would say don't really um, come to the local shows, but um, and then there is a few others that are from the area that only play outside of the area, but um, you know that's what they do. You know that. They don't really come to the shows, and that's okay, you know. Maybe they will eventually. Who knows? But um, for outside of the area, you know, I haven't really encountered too many bands that were like a well, little, I guess you would say, uh, come off a little bit insecure, like oh yeah, we're better and this and that. You know, I haven't really noticed that. I think the last time I noticed that was uh, Hollywood, um, because a few months back we played over there at Art Collective with uh, Slingshot and Corpus, and so uh, there was like it was funny because the way that it was set up. Uh, there was two parts of this building and the venue i think was called Powhouse or something and uh we played in the art side where they have like a gallery and there are people from the other building next to us saying like oh uh you know i hope that you do well tonight because we're going to totally steal the show and it was like huh that's kind of funny you know we were out-of-towners obviously you know we, we don't live in la you know but we live uh, not too far away from it and I thought it was kind of interesting. I didn't personally hear the comments, but my drummer and a few other people in the other bands heard it, so it's like, oh, it's I guess kind of welcoming, right? But um, yeah, no, mostly uh, other bands are you know interested to hear how we sound, and from what I've noticed, most of them are supportive. But uh, you know, occasionally you do get that one or two insecure <laughs> bunch, and you know, I would Ooh. say that's not really uh, benefiting all of us, but you know, to each their own.
2: And Not only that, those bands are usually the ones that don't last. That's true. Yeah. It's usually the ones that are, like, really nice dudes and, like, come up to you and, like, try to get to know you and, like, network. But, like, basically anybody who, like, tries to network and actually, like, build relationships and stuff, those are the bands that usually stick around. But the ones who act all, like, better than everybody and, like, their shit doesn't stink, like, they're the ones that you stop hearing about. So
0: yeah i i love uh seven dust is one of my favorite bands and i remember lj their singer i was listening to an interview with him one time where he said you know kind of talk about what we're talking about how important it is to be to be good to people um and, and there's still a band that i think bands in that you know modern metal modern hard rock world i don't think anybody really wants to follow seven dust even to this day because they always crush it on stage but but he said um we'll make sure you're good to people because the the people you see up, the people you see on the way up, are usually the people you see on your way back down, you know. So that I always thought that was a really good quote about humility. You know, as you get where you're going, you know, you should always be good to people in general, not just because you, you know, especially not because you want something from them, but just in general, just to be a good person is important um, for anything in life. But, but yeah, I, I think it's really cool that you guys have the community that you do. Now, these shows that you guys just played in Cali. Uh, you mentioned that was your first time in, in Stockton. What about the the, the other venues? Were, the, were those all first-time places in terms of places that you had played before? Because I know Marietta, you guys have done shows in before, right?
1: Yeah, Marietta's is the go-to place. Um, oh. Good.
2: Uh, you? Want, oh, okay. Uh, hey, man. <laughs> so we hadn't played in Stockton before. Um, that place was cool. Uh, the area was a little rough. Um, it actually made me appreciate living in Hemet, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, we had played Fresno before, uh, on the previous tour that we did there. Um, so that was cool. It was like familiar, uh, it was like familiarity and like seeing old friends kind of, kind of deal. Um, same with Murrieta, cause obviously we just played there and was it June? Death Fest was in June? I July. Think so yeah, Dude, yeah, and uh, I've gone to a bunch of shows there in between before we even played there and stuff, um but the Bancroft was new as well, so Stockton' so the first show was new, and the last show was new for us. um, I liked the Bancroft a lot, that place was cool. it was hot as fuck though
1: <laughs> he's he's totally red, right. <laughs> it was like a sweatshop, I don't know yeah. if they have ventilation back there or what but we are, we were all shirtless by the end of the set
0: <laughs> how do you guys scope out venues, man is that uh josh you mentioned earlier that that chris uses low budget productions like for the, like does he use that still for like booking or how, how do you guys find out about places to play is it just sort of word of mouth
1: um with chris usually chris does the booking um i think it's something he picked up from his very first tour with DVT. he learned how to do it because of his experience and you know Chris is kind of like the go-to guy with a lot of stuff so um he scopes out the places I think usually through social media or doing research online and then he contacts them to see if they'll host the show and then uh he actually organizes and sets up all the bands to get on the bill too so um I believe he scoped out the band crofter he'd heard about it from word of mouth and then decided okay why don't we play there I think because Slingshot played there um like a few weeks prior so, if it's not heard through word of mouth, then he scopes it out and organizes it. Like, um, we're going in November on another four-day run, I think, uh, Weekend Warrior, and we're going uh, Utah. And from Utah, we're going uh, Las Vegas and then Arizona and then back home. And um, we didn't get to play Utah last year. And so, the place that we were set up to play last year, we set it up again to go play there. It's called the Beehive in uh salt lake city and so we're gonna go play that place and uh, check it out but um chris normally looks up the places and i had heard about the beehive prior to the tour uh i watched like a vice documentary or something related to that like a few years ago and they talked about organizing and setting up that place and the owner like turned it into like a vegan b- bistro slash like venue and so one side's a restaurant the other side's like a stage and you know hangout spot for the bands and you know, crowd and all that. So I was like, "Oh, that's cool." But, um, yeah, usually Chris will scope it out, and Joey and Chris organized the tour last year, the two week tour. So, um, whatever were the places to play, they usually set them up. But yeah, some research goes into it.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, I think just. Oh, sorry. Uh, I think also just like going to shows, you kind of like. Pick up on like, oh, this would be a cool place to play or this place would suck to play at or like it's like you also just got to be you got to be active, not only as like a band member thinking about your band, but active as like a music fan and going and seeing other bands and stuff too. Um, means all the difference. It kind of goes back to what we were talking about a minute ago. It's like you never know who's going to open what door for you. Or whatever that were quite literally in that regard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, he he's right. Where uh, there's a skate shop in uh, Fullerton called uh, Program Skate Sound, and they get really popular shows. And I want to so, play. Uh, yeah, I was thinking <laughs> of what if we uh played like a dual bill or something um for that place, and so that's like a bucket list place
2: for me.
0: Yeah. How much fun was it for you guys, especially doing this this last weekend run that you did at the beginning of October, um, with, with new music coming out? Like you like you mentioned, Josh, you guys just did that split with Slingshot Invaders from Uranus, which which I thought turned out really well. Uh name SummerSlam, No Way Out, and Graveyard Junkyard, which which slingshot corpus and is a garden, we're all on that one. And then yeah. Joey, you guys just had your new EP come out. I think around the end of August, uh, when, when we first got in touch to do this, um, cerebral prince yep. like how cool was it, to, to, to be able to do this run of gigs and have new music to play as well.
1: You want to go Josh? Yeah, go ahead, man. No, 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 you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, it was great. Um, yeah, the, the, the bill was awesome. Cause you know, it'd been almost a year, not exactly, but almost a year that, we played together on that on that tour, and last year's tour was a lot of fun, um, you know, going all the way up to Washington and, you know, back uh, back home, you know, we, we hit, like, I think four states, what was it, like, Oregon, Washington, Utah, and then actually, yeah, uh, Nevada, Arizona, so, no, it was it was a lot of fun, and, you know, doing this again, got, got a little bit of sense of that, and it felt like a continuation to that tour, because we didn't get to play the last show on that tour, so it was great that, you know, Second Man has stepped in and went with us to go play that and you know it was great having friends again going back and playing again because you know we had our ups and downs last year and stuff and you know some members we had back then we don't have anymore so it seemed like it was a lot better because everybody was on the same page and you know releasing new music it was cool to uh debut um you know new material um and play these new songs we no way out and summer slam and you know psycho Manis and their release it was really killer and you know just to throw it out there that Music video they dropped is really cool. <laughs> I just watched it last night, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is sick." Uh, made me think of a if you ever heard of a band called Green Jello. It made me think of that the way it was stylized and all that. It was awesome, but uh, yeah, no, we we're we we're glad to get out there and play these new songs and everything. You can go, man. <laughs> um, personally,
2: um, I was really proud with the release of Cerebral Labyrinth. Like, I was really stoked on those songs those are i think those are the best songs that we've released so far um and only that but they're just more technically challenging so like uh going out and playing them live at first was like oh shit are we gonna be able to do this like it's kind of crazy and then after like the first show like we kind of were like getting used to it and then by the second show we'd like hit a groove and then it was good from there Um, but yeah, it's just, I, uh, it feels really good to play new songs because we, I felt personally that we were just playing the same songs all the time and just, I was getting kind of sick of it and I just wanted to change it up and like kind of come up with more of a set that had a little bit more of like a flow and like peaks and valleys and like one leads into the other kind of thing. And I don't know, I was starting to think a little bit more uh thematically or like i guess like i don't want to say theatrically because that makes it seem too artsy but uh yeah something along those lines like i was thinking more of a performance aspect rather than let's just play the show you know what i mean like it's like let's put on a show but no yeah i was really proud of those songs so to be able to like go out on the road and show them to new people live and everything was a sick opportunity so cerebral labyrinth like that song is like it's like my pride and joy so
0: yeah, I love the I love the slow guitar parts in that one too you know like you said you guys get you get really technical on cerebral labyrinth as, as a whole on on the EP but I like I like the slower guitar on those too because some of my some of my favorite metal songs you know like metallic has numerous songs like that where they have like a cool slow guitar intro. You know, I've I've always I've always enjoyed that about like, you know, thrash metal in particular. You know, mixing the parts in or mixing more like Megadeth. I felt like always kind of mixed in. um, I'm trying to think of the word, uh, like ethereal type type vibes. I don't know if orchestral vibes is like the right word, but a technical element I think is always really cool. It's funny that
2: you. It's funny you mentioned Megadeth because that's like. That's, like, my favorite fucking, that's, like, the biggest inspiration for me when I write music usually is, like, Megadeth. Well, like, just classic metal, like, 80s thrash metal and even, like, 90s, like, death metal and, me- like, all that stuff is, like, what we kind of draw inspiration from. And, like, specifically Megadeth for me. So, like, that's the, so thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah. I appreciate Meg, Megadeth's awesome that it's funny because uh when I first moved here I wasn't really introduced to Thrash but the band that got me into Thrash was Megadeth I found them when the VH1 used to do that uh was it I think it was like something from the 80s and they used to do all the music videos and I remember it was, uh, Piece cells that got me hooked on them. And after that, it's like it got me in the metal. Then I met Thrash Kids and, you know, I found a bunch of other great bands, you know, Death and all that. And, you know, usually starts with one. You know, I had already known Pantera since I was a kid. You know, that was what that's one of my biggest influences. And, um, you know, because my dad was like a punk rocker and he liked metal and all that. So I was introduced to all that stuff. I, I was raised on like, what was it? the first four bands that I was raised on that I can remember is ACDC, Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin and Van Halen. And so, you know, that kind of like stems my influence. And then, it, you know, obviously the sixties and seventies, eighties music, and all that, but um yeah, you know, and then as far as for the the songs that I was excited to play, um, you know, No Way Out is, is a great song. Uh, you know, it's pretty much like a, you know, fuck you to know, all the haters and shit, you know, excuse me if you can't curse, <laughs> but uh, the second one was uh code name, SummerSlam, that was the one I was really thrilled about, because it was, you know, we were trying some different stuff with the uh, vocal pattern, and then um, it was more of like, I guess you would say a message, you know, because I'm all about, you know, like, having more friends than enemies, you know, and just, you know, everybody being close together and shit, you know, and I noticed, you know, that one went out to, like, the media, because I feel like it, like, pits a lot of all of us against each other, and we should all be helping each other because in my opinion we are all we have you know what I mean so um that was like one of my favorite tracks and um I was excited to get that one out because it's something different I think it was like the most uh I guess you would say mix up in terms of you know change the vocal style and just in general it was different so you know for that one I was pretty excited to do so
0: no, it's cool, man. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed both of the re- the releases, and, uh, and even going back with Split Image with you guys putting out Sloth. I think it was in July, and then uh, Pray on My Downfall and Cybernetic Warfare were were March. Those were really awesome as well. But the artwork for for both of your guys' new releases was sick too. Cerebral Labyrinth was really cool, really intricate, and then. Uh, the cool, almost kind of like movie poster, to me anyway, kind of design of, of the, the split with Slingshot was really cool. Who did the artwork for you guys?
1: I'm not 100% sure on who did it. Um, I think it may have been an artist that we gone through that did uh, – what was it? That did the sloth, but I could be wrong. Did the sloth artwork. It's a, it's a guy in Indonesia who's always – we've always gone through Fiverr through an artist over there, and you know they do a really great job. So, um, it might have been that guy, I'm not 100% sure <laughs> who did it, but uh, I totally dig the Thanos artwork, you know, because I like Marvel, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, I, I like the way it came out, definitely looked like movie, but it looked like something Dylan would do, you know what I mean? It looked like something he had sanctioned, so um, you know, I, I thought it was pretty cool, but I'm not 100% sure at the moment, but uh, yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing what comes next. <laughs>
2: It reminded me of uh it reminded me of like old nineteen fifties like science fiction movies. It was like Invaders from Uranus and, <laughs> like, it was cool. Um for us, like uh so like when we originally started writing that EP, we wanted to make it a concept album. <laughs> and because like we like a lot of progressive stuff too, like Rush and Opeth and all that type of shit. So I wanted to make it a concept album about like altered states of consciousness and like dreams and stuff. So when I I was looking for an artist to like kind of represent that kind of look. And another dude, a dude in, a, in a, another band that we know from out here, um, this dude, Mark, I think Mark Bell. He used to play in this band Eater, and he used to play in uh, Madrost. Um, he has his own solo project, and he had gotten artwork from this guy, and it was just, like, super intricate and crazy, and, like, I don't know, it, it was just, I liked it a lot, so I, like, reached out to that dude, and his name is, uh, oh, God, it's, like, Ungun... Like it, it, it's always like Indonesian guys or like dudes from Thailand who do all this sick art or like bands out here. Um But it's like U N G U N N dot uh, Y U L I A N T O on Instagram. And he just does these really crazy intricate line work on a, I think it's like ink. And paper at first, and then he scans it, and then he digitizes it, and like adds more detail and shit. So he actually did three different versions of that artwork for us too. Like the the one that's on the cover was supposed to be like like sleep. It was supposed to be like he's the thing is like sleeping, it's unconscious. And then there was one where like because if you look, it's like a it's like an eclipsed like sun, and then there's one of it. rising and then there's like all these details of like light rays shooting out and then there was one of it like high in the sky and like casting light on everything else um but we just liked we liked the one of it sleeping and it kind of just was like it fit the tone of the album a little bit more too and uh i ended up like to dis- or i ended up uh, designing the booklet for like the cd and if you open the cd i used the other the other artworks for it like uh, behind the lyrics and
1: stuff so oh that's pretty sick i gotta see that <laughs> um as for uh, artwork um the sloth artwork was an idea i i usually try to come up with ideas for uh, either t-shirts or um you know album covers or whatever we end up doing uh that's kind of my forte i come up with ideas i'm the idea guy so <laughs> um for Sloth, uh, I was trying to figure out because I think we're trying to pursue a concept album on the uh, Seven Deadly Sins. A lot of our themes tie in either with like, you know, global issues, uh, you know, mental issues and struggles, you know, things that are personable um, and that aren't really mentioned uh, to like, I guess you would say esoteric views. You know, one of our songs, Demon Hunters, about basically conquering yourself, uh, also known as conquering one's demons. You know what I mean? Just different stuff like that. And uh, for sloth, you know, it was kind of um, what was it? mostly about trying to figure out what would be great for the sin of sloth, because, you know, you, you can't really look, you can look up the image and you're not really going to get much. And for that, I thought of, you know, what, what is the biggest example? What could be the biggest example? for? Because they mostly just say laziness or just sleep, you know, a guy who sleeps a lot, you know, this and that. Oh, that guy's a sloth. You know what I mean? We knew somebody that was like that, <laughs> but um, as for the artwork, I thought, well, you know what, why not make it something, a guy who's extremely neglectful, you know, a guy who thinks he knows so much, but actually knows very little, you know, look at, you know, he speaks so much, but look at how his plans turn out. And so I figure, you know, why not come up with something related to that uh, super neglectful, right? Or responsibilities. And so that's where the artwork of the dude sitting in the chair, smoking a cigarette with a fire on the floor, and uh, you know, have his like bathroom leaking water, his kitchen on fire, and he could get, he could care less. You know, that's that's basically the takeaway. I thought of okay, why not? And this was something I had thought of prior because I'm like, okay, how how would I do this, or how would how would it be? And so the image or view I had for that it was funny because the way that it's set up and the artwork is like the is like uh, reversed how, from how I had thought about it. It's funny. Uh, it was actually the fire I think on the right side, and then the kitchen on the left, or vice versa. It's one of the two and so it was like mixed but it came out exactly pretty much how i thought about it and i was pretty stoked with the way it came out so there was that uh, indonesian guy who does our artwork so we're looking forward to having him do um, future stuff for us but um <clears throat> yeah normally i try to come up with the ideas for either shirts shirt uh design or um what is it uh, album cover design and so based on you know what i hear like if a song registers like oh you know I hear oh this sounds like this could be about uh I guess theme like oh we could have it be like this or have it like that like codename summerslam was an upbeat song you know so we figure we'd make that like you know more about like <laughs> something like a rage against the machine vibe and so you know originally that song was going to be titled media attack but we thought summerslam sounds way cooler and so uh you know that's where that came from that doesn't have a teacher idea yet but no way out i already thought of one for that and most of our uh, t-shirts are either we don't have like any album or ep uh, shirts yet designs for that but we do have you know song titles usually and so um, we just go about it like that but uh yeah we, we're cooking up some more ideas for stuff so
0: yeah yeah i think the artwork is sick that, that both your bands are doing and the sloth artwork too I, I pulled up y'all's Instagram while I was, um, while you were talking about it too. And I had seen it, but yeah, it's, it was cool as you were walking through it because it's kind of like something out of a, like, like a comic book too that you would see from like back in the day, you know, from like <laughs> the 50s or 60s, you know what I mean? And I, so I think it's cool how it kind of, kind of looks like that. Like it could be, it could be a strip out of a comic book. Um, yeah. That, that, that's like, and it's got sloth at the bottom. So it's almost, almost kind of like, a like a tarot card or something in that regard too, where you, like the, you know what I mean, whatever that card is at the bottom. So I think That's, it's cool. I think all I, that stuff would translate well to, to t-shirts and stuff. Dude. Thank you.
1: I, I, I appreciate that. Uh, real quick, uh, I just want to mention it is tarot card design because, you know, you know, seven deadly sins, but also um, what was it, what you just said? With the, uh, the way that the artwork came out, uh, another influence behind it that's very uh, similar that we tie off to it, you know, SoCal Legends Black Flag, you know, we wanted to <laughs> go for that. So, you know, what we thought we saw, we're like, oh, yeah, dude, this looks like Black Flag this is fucking sick, you know, like, you know, uh, the slip it in artwork or not damaged, but uh, I think it was like Loose Nut and uh, even the very first one, nervous breakdown, but uh, thank you. Yeah, go ahead, Joey.
2: Oh, I was saying Family Man, like the black flag. Yeah. Artwork, yeah. Uh <laughs> I was gonna say like uh, one of my favorite movies is Seven, which is also about like the it's like the the serial killer who kills like the on the, the seven deadly sins or whatever. And like Sloth is I think I think Sloth is the one that's like the dude in the bed with all yeah. the <laughs> I was like, that would have been just a sick shirt, just that picture of that guy. (laughs) Um, but no, it also that sloth shirt also reminds me of uh, you guys into Sublime?
1: Like, yeah, I like Sublime. uh,
2: Their self-titled album. I remember in the booklet, if you open it up, or it might be on the back cover, they have artwork on that one of like a clown sitting in a chair, and there's like beer cans all around him and like a pong, and like it, it reminded me of that. Yeah, he's like sitting there in his underwear, and they're all dirty <laughs> and they're watching porn.
1: So, <laughs> I haven't seen that one, but that's that's cool. <laughs> and thank but you, man. Then, uh,
2: we just we just got shirts with the cerebral artwork on it, and then we actually uh, we had done a previous shirt uh, for the, our song "Eternal Witness," that was like it's like a portal of skulls and like these like mages floating around. And I actually got the idea from uh, the Mortal Kombat stage, uh, from Mortal Kombat 2, like the portal, and there's like those hooded monks like floating. I was like, what if we just did that but made it like crazier? And this dude, Filth Effigy, did it really well, and we did a shirt of that. We actually just went through him to do a new shirt that we haven't shown off yet or anything. And it's going to be our first like full color design and also something with a back like a back design as well.
1: So, I, I'm a big fan of his shirt, the Eternal Witness. My brother didn't have a Psycho Man shirt, and he wanted one. And so, I figured I'd throw it his way because, uh, you know, we both like video games. My brother was like addicted to Mortal Kombat, like myself. You know, I played the new one. And so, when I saw that shirt, I was like, yeah, this is badass. This is what it makes me think of right here. It looks totally like Mortal Kombat. Um, and so, I ended up getting the uh, white shirt Joey has right there. And so, yeah, that shirt's (laughs) sick. That shirt's sick and that game is sick.
2: Yeah, Yeah. we get our our name from a a character from Metal Gear Solid. So when we first did shirts, we did like, this is like the logo on the original Metal Gear Solid for the PS1. It's like a white cover with just the red logo. So we did the same thing just with our own, band name and those games are called like tactical espionage action so we changed it to tactical espionage metal
1: and now we put that on everything that's like our tagline it's killer (laughs) i totally support that i was so glad they had one extra shirt in my size because i get to rock it now
2: (laughs) at the at the show at the bancroft it was so hot in there that i took my shirt off and it was like just drenched in sweat So I went over to the merch booth, and I've never, I've never taken any of our merch for myself. So I was like, ah, it's about time. I'm just gonna take this shirt. (laughs) I usually wear an extra large, and this was a large, and it actually fit. So I was stoked.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that was killer. Did did Metal Gear Solid have like the clown riding around in like the ice cream truck or something? Or no,
1: that's that's
2: twisted.
0: Twisted Metal, that's what I'm confusing yeah. it with. Like.
1: That's a classic. That game's awesome. It's like,
2: it's like the stealth game with, like, Solid Snake and the giant, like, robot tanks and stuff that are, like, nuclear weapons. I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's hard to describe.
1: It's it's uh, a pr- pretty sick game.
2: It's the, it, it's the greatest. It's the greatest game franchise of all of them, and it's the best. You should go play them. They're actually... <laughs> uh, what's the date today? The 15th? Yeah, uh, 15. Next, next week on the 24th, they're re-releasing all of the first, like, six Metal Gear games for, like, modern generations. So, play that shit.
1: I, I hope I hope it's <laughs> out on PC. Uh, just to add to that, um, I totally support that game. That game's great. I, I didn't get into it until, like, the fourth one. that came out, like, 2008 when I just got into high school. And gotcha. that game, yeah, Guns of the Patriots was oh, was great. And I wish that that it was on PC because that's what I'm on right now is a computer, and I play on there. So, um, but actually, uh, what I thought was really cool if you have you ever seen a movie called Escape from New York? It's a cult movie from the '80s. It's got Kurt Russell in it. Of course, classic. Yeah, if you if you've seen that, the character. Yeah, Metal Gear Solid is kind of based off, or very—I would say—based off word for word, but influenced. Yeah, he is because the eye patch and like you know, he's a badass and he handles guns really well. Basically, Kurt Russell's character Snake is uh, what influenced um, Solid Snake for Metal Gear Solid. So just uh, think that.
2: Metal Gear Solid Two. Uh, you play as a different protagonist, but you run into Solid Snake, who's like the the usual protagonist. And when he introduces himself to your character, he's like the name's Iroquois Pliskin. And which, like in Escape from LA or Escape from New York, his name is Snake Pliskin, and Iroquois is a Native American word for snake. So his name is Snake Pliskin.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's badass. The scenes for that are cool. And yeah. so, yeah, like, what was it? My, one of my favorite directors from the 80s and the late 70s or mid-70s is John Carpenter. You know, he gave us movies like Halloween with Michael Myers to the fog and Christine, the car that tries to kill you. And then eventually you get Big Trouble in Little China, which basically influenced Mortal Kombat. Because if you look at it, there's, like, two characters in that movie. And one of them looks like Raiden before Raiden even existed. And then well, yeah, trying to figure out. Yeah, and then, and then, like, the sorcerer, it's dude. Is the uh, influence for like Shang Tsung and Mortal Kombat, and so like the, the dude John Carpenter influenced like a ton of video games, like and everything basically. And the so, thing, like the yeah, the thing, thing. Yeah. that's a fucking that's a classic right there. That's one of my favorites. My favorite fog. Yeah. I like the fog a lot. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. However,
2: they got the fog to move like that. It's just really creepy. <laughs> Looks like hands like reaching out. Spooky.
0: Yeah. I think that's Tubi right now. Tubi is like a haven for really cool old horror movies, I feel like, especially for being a free service. Like, it's it's got a lot of dope old horror movies on it, man.
1: I gotta check it out. Yeah, I've uh, I've heard of it. I haven't used it, but i definitely heard about it. I know that a lot of the old classic horror movies, you know, it's funny, some of that stuff also ends up on YouTube. Once or twice you'll have a burner YouTube account, and they're super cool because they'll just put the whole movie on there. You know, if you had a YouTube account in, like, 2006, 2005, you could upload, like, what was it, like, five hours plus, and then they, when you have a new uh, account, they only limit it to, like, I think an hour, but yeah, you have those cool accounts that, like, just have, like, different yeah. movies uploaded and stuff, but yeah, was, no, the the classic. Okay.
2: I, I was just watching Bram Stoker's Dracula on YouTube, like, the other day.
1: <laughs> the, the one <laughs> so with Gary Oldman?
2: You posted the whole thing, I'm like, sick.
1: Is that the the one with Gary Oldman and yeah. Keanu Reeves?
2: Yeah, dumbass Keanu Reeves, yeah.
1: Dude, that movie's great, classic right there.
2: It's 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 awesome, but like Keanu Reeves's like fake British accent is so bad in that
0: movie. <laughs> hey man, don't hate on Keanu. I love Keanu. Keanu's Keanu's the man. He's like, if you read stories about like what a what a nice dude he is in real life and stuff, it's it's pretty wild for somebody of his of his fame. Like, he's he's a really humble dude.
2: Yeah, he, he's he's cool, but yeah. he could act in the
1: 90s.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is, is just he's in that crap. or in Speed 2? <laughs> if I run to Keanu in the future, I'd be like, hey, man, Joey said that. I didn't say that. I love you, Keanu.
1: <laughs> he was just Ted in every movie. Dude. <laughs> no, dude, was he Ted in uh, River's Edge? That one... uh, I
2: don't think I've ever
1: seen that one. Oh, bro, yeah. Okay, that's, that's a... <laughs> That's a serious tone movie, but he, he has like that what's up, bro, type voice. It's so funny. He plays the thrash kid. He plays the thrash kid in the eighties and like yeah, you know, the pretty much the movie's premise is centered around like uh, a guy who knows has a, another friend and then they all know a guy who ended up like murdering like his girlfriend and so like they're all like trying to process how it happened and all that. And so but it has like a killer soundtrack. The movie soundtracks done by I think uh Hallows Eve. It's a band oh, from uh, yeah, and so like one of the big songs I think they play, it's called "Lethal Tendency." I think that game's yeah, that uh, that song's awesome. But uh, yeah, no, that that character, I can see what you are talking about with his acting. I think like my favorite movies of his from the nineties are Point Break and The Matrix. But uh, Johnny Mnemonic is cool too. Point Break, rules. Yeah, yeah, he was a badass in that. Movie. And
2: then I do, I do love Bill and Ted, just <laughs> not the third one. But
0: the first <laughs> Be yeah. excellent to each other. That's the that's the long lasting <laughs> quote from that. But uh but well, yeah, Rivers edge wasn't it like eighty seven or something? Wasn't a young Christian yeah. Glover in that one? I think I yeah. saw, I think I saw that years ago.
1: He's like a kid. Yeah, he's a kid in that movie. He's he's like the the edgy guy that's like, oh, let's go hang out with the serial killer dude. He's like driving around in like a Volkswagen buggy, blasting metal, and it's like, how'd you get that sound system in there?
0: <laughs> all so young in that movie, yeah. Because that that was, I think, before Bill and Ted's. I think, yeah, I think that that I don't know if that was Keanu's first movie. It had to be one of his first movies because they they all they all had baby faces in that one, super young. Yeah,
1: super young. they all were thrash kids. Oh yeah
0: but the, nice. the, thing, no, the, the the thing was uh that's still one of one of my favorites too to me that's a a perfect example of why I think um practical effects compared to c g i not not that I hate c g i but when you see the practical effects in that movie, like where it starts to absorb the dogs and it's like morphin you know they they walk in there to check on on the the dogs and it's like
2: oh the thing, place.
0: yeah. yeah you can see like the dog's snout like coming through like the th- i mean it's it's so cool so it's
1: cool. V- visceral like that that movie yeah i remember watching that i rented that movie from a library when i lived in uh mission viejo and they had it at the library and so i was like i think eight or like nine and i rented it didn't know what i was getting into I i had already been hooked on horror movies since i was like five so like that that didn't really go away and so Yeah, I remember watching that movie and just being, like, floored by, like, what's happening? what is happening? And, you know, who could have done it better than John Carpenter, the master of basically horror? Like, in my opinion, one of the best because of how many things he's come out with and how much of an impact his movies have had on video games and just general pop culture and stuff. And most of his stuff is cult movies, like, you know, Assault on Precinct 13 is a classic, too. But, uh, yeah, definitely, like, the thing. Uh, And then also the remake, I thought – or not the remake. It was, like, the prequel – That was really cool, but here's the worst part. If you ever look up a documentary, it'll tell you that there was a practical effects shot version of the remake, or sorry, the prequel to the thing. And the studio scrapped the prequel, and it was already filmed out and everything. And the guy that did the filming for it did all of his research on the original film to get his sets to mirror it exactly. that version never came out. They did a petition, like I think, five or six years ago to try to get it released to get the studio to release it and the studio head said no and that's why they went the entire way with CGI in my opinion if you can blend practical effects with CGI and make them work I think it can work but you know it's sad that they scrapped what could have been like a really good follow-up but apparently they're working on a sequel right now and I hope that that sequel turns out really well because uh you know, it'd be really cool if they had, for example, uh, Kurt Russell's son play his character because that dude does a really good job. If you watch that movie Overlord, he's like the second main character in that movie. It's like a Nazi zombie type movie. It's pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah he was he was he was a badass in that movie, and that that showed like, oh yeah, this dude could totally play his his dad's roles. <laughs> he a, he's also in a he's in Falcon and the
2: Winter Soldier, that fucking Marvel show.
1: Oh yeah, he's, he did a great job too. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, I, I'm more of a traditional effects guy. I like, uh, for a good, like a good example, it would be like, uh, do you see the new it's like chapter one and two?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I,
2: I fucking hated the first one because of how much CGI was in it and it just was bad CGI. It just looked like shit and it just took me out of the movie. It just doesn't make it believable at all. Like, I don't know. But then, uh, One dude that uses both, like, CGI and traditional is Guillermo del Toro. And a good example of that is in that movie Crimson Peak uh, with, like, uh, the dude who plays Loki. There's ghosts and shit in that movie. And, like, they're all super, like, wispy and ethereal and, like, you can see through them and shit. But those were actually actors in full-on, like, body suits, casts and stuff, traditional effects. And then he used CGI to make them, like, see-through. And, like, oh, that's God. super sick. <laughs> but, yeah, when it's just a big CGI monster, it's just
1: like, oh, that's fake. It, it takes definitely takes away from it. I, I haven't watched that, but if you guys have watched uh, Cabinet of Curiosities, What's oh, that? man, like, that shows. Watched, what was that?
2: I watched, like, the first two.
1: Uh, the first one was really cool, but I'll tell you what, I, I, I like Lovecraft's works. I don't know if you guys ever watched, I, I, I wish that, that there would be like a take on like trying to adapt his stuff. It seemed like that show did it really well. They did two stories. I think one of them is like Dreams in the Witch's House and the other one is uh, Pickman's Model. And both of those are like, I think the best stories out of all of those. Because obviously they have source material that's like a hundred years old, but like beyond the source material, like the way they did it, like Del Toro is a fan of H.P. Lovecraft and that genre of like void horror or like what is it, dimensional horror? Like it's not really a tapped. That's like I think the last frontier for horror because basically everything else is like you know tapped into and stuff. But uh, uh yeah, no, I, I
2: I I love Lovecraft and everything, but my favorite Lovecraft stories are the ones that don't have anything to do with like space or like, or like Cthulhu and shit like that. Like, yeah, there's, have you ever seen the movie, uh, you know, reanimator
1: like that? Oh, or... dude. Yeah. Great movie.
2: <laughs> H. Lovecraft story. I'm not a huge fan of that movie, but that director, every single one of his movies is based on an HB Lovecraft story. And he has another movie called castle freak. That's based on a, it's based on a story called, uh, I think it's called the stranger. And basically, like, the, how the story, it's a very short story, and it's about, like, this dude who's lived alone his whole life in, like, an abandoned castle, and one day he decides to, like, go and leave, and he stumbles upon, like, these villagers having a costume party, and he, like, goes into the party, and he's, like, having a good time and everything, and then suddenly everybody starts to notice him, and they start looking at him, like, horrified. And he starts to, he looks into a mirror and he's, like, a monster. Like, legitimately a monster, not a costume. And uh-huh. then that's the end of the story. But this movie took that and wove it into, like, this story of, like, an alcoholic father who, like, got a car crash and accidentally killed his youngest son. And, like, he's mm-hmm. trying to, like, bring his family back together. And, like, it's it's fucking really good. You guys need to see
1: it. I, and they... Um... Probably watch it.
2: Yeah, they oh. made a shitty remake on Shudder, and then they tried to involve the whole Cthulhu
1: shit into it, and it ruined it. But uh, yeah, that yeah that, that makes sense. I have high hopes for uh, what was it? Del Toro's adaptation to the Beyond the what is it? The Mountains of Madness. Oh, of yeah. the be- I hope the best for that. I think he released <laughs> a clip of like what would have been like a. Uh, a, a snippet of it and it's like a, a thing like walks up to like this cave and this dude's in a cave and he looks over and this thing just like what looks like an alien like morphs into something else with tentacles and then just picks the guy up and it's like in a quick succession but it's interesting on how it played out and I have high hopes for that dude adapting that movie and also adapting more of the stories I think one of my favorites because I've, I've listened to a couple audiobooks that's how I've heard some of his stories and, uh, I think one of my favorites, uh, there's two of them, uh, actually there's a bunch, but, uh, Dagon's one of them. That's basically about like, uh, uh-huh. a fish, fish yeah, out in the nice. ocean that it's funny because if you tie it in like that, I, I have a feeling that dude is like, I don't know, that dude might've been channeling or something. Cause that, that Dagon's like a historical figure going in, like even in the Bible and he's supposed to yeah. be like, he's like an ocean deity you know, like supposedly like the father of the ocean type thing. And he's like all these fish people and all that so stuff to do with that. It's like, I think the ancient Acadians or something, but anyway, there's like a tie into that, like a mythology and history. And so uh, that's really cool. Uh, yeah. There's, you know, Dagon, the shadow of Insmith, about a guy who like realizes eventually that he's actually like mixed race and actually part of these fish people and all that. But it's it's, it's interesting. I like the way his approach to it. But yeah, like Joey said, some of the best ones actually have nothing to do with Cthulhu mythos. One of them, okay. I think, is called like the Lurking Fear, and that's about like I yep. don't know, like imp slash monster things under like this place that make people disappear and eat them and all that. It's gets crazy. But anyway, I just think like that dude's stories are like the best when it comes to like horror because it's I don't know. He takes a scientific approach with his writings. That's why I like it. Comes off like yeah. an author, like a like a traveling like author who like like an academic. Loves- that's right, an academic, yeah. and he puts it really, I don't know, he puts it together really well, like a believable story. Like that yeah. show, Craft Country, was actually pretty cool, too, because it showed some of his stuff in there, too.
2: My favorite, my favorite story of his of all time, and I've read that it was also his favorite story of his own work, was uh, The Color Out of Space. Oh, classic. And um, I hated that fucking movie, but uh, <laughs> my Psycho Man, my my band, one of the first songs I ever wrote was a song called Color Out of Space, and it was based on that story. And, like, we've never released it or anything. I think But we might, because I've always liked it a lot. It's got, like, one of my favorite riffs I've ever written and everything. In it, so, I,
1: I, I think uh, now that you've mentioned that to us, I think you had to release it with some artwork. <laughs> with I a did, t-shirt design. Um, That's it's I, sick.
2: I even bought artwork for it, like, a long time ago when we were going to release it, and then we just never did.
1: Dude, I want to see this and hear this. Yeah, one uh, one day, one day when we run out of material, that's cool.
0: It's a, yeah, it's, we got it on the record now, so I feel like you got to, <laughs> you know, you got to put it out, man.
2: All right, we'll do it. Oh, hell yeah, looking forward to it. It's a lot different. It's more. It's very Iron Maideny.
0: That's cool.
1: Yeah.
0: But uh, yeah. <laughs> well, dudes, this, has been, uh, this has been a lot of fun, man. I, I really enjoyed having you guys both on and um, especially geeking out on horror and stuff, just given the time that this is that by the time this everybody hears this and, and it hits their ears, it'll be uh, it'll be probably early November. But uh, in the spirit of Halloween and everything, man, it's it's cool. And and I think that's what's cool about heavy music in general. There's always been a, a really cool link between horror and heavy metal and heavy music um, but I think it's cool the tie-ins uh, with the artwork and everything that you guys are doing too. But uh, but Joey, yeah, definitely go back and revisit the Cabinet of Curiosities. I'm actually getting ready to rewatch it here soon myself because it's um because it's a it's a really good series, man. Um, yeah. I, yeah. And and actually, um, there's one probably I think like halfway through. Josh will know the one that I'm talking about, where it's kind of like this um, consciousness alien type thing. That's like the best way I can describe it without giving too much away. And it's actually really, really cool in terms of the practical effects during that episode and kind of the, the nature of it. It's pretty sick. It's pretty awesome. It's it's like a short film, honestly. Is
1: that like the parasitic nature one you're talking about?
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah, that one that
1: one's gnarly. That they got they got act good actors for every single one of those
0: episodes. But I can't <laughs> wait
1: for the next season they do. That Absolutely.
0: Was uh was that one? My brother loved that one. Um Yeah, it was messed I up. I
2: just don't. I just don't have Netflix ever since they updated their fucking password shit.
1: I'm not oh, paying you, for. It. Oh, you share
0: sharing somebody?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll send you something possibly to see if you can find oh, it. Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah, my uh, I'll uh, yeah, might might have to use your laptop. But yeah, I'll, I'll send, send you
2: something. Definitely send it to me
1: yeah it sounds good. Uh, another thing I want to mention too, absolutely in spirit of Halloween. If you haven't watched the new Hellraiser, it's really good. That one from cool. my, uh, last year. Uh, dude, like I, I don't even know how to say it like I was supposed to watch it last year and I had a bunch of delays and I got around to it like a month or two back, and it was like the best like adaptation to Hellraiser I've seen. and they like try to follow like the book and the influences and the themes from the book. I thought it was really good. And I hope that that director comes back and does it again. He did a movie called The Night House a few years back. And that one was also really good, too. Like, it's on its own, the story it was really good. That guy's really good with his uh, the way he does his shots and the um, story. And so definitely give that one a check, too. I liked so it a lot. That's on, uh, yeah. Hulu. The, the
0: Hell's yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: That one's killer. Dude, Hulu's been killing it with their, yeah. like, Movies dude like Prey. Prey was fucking sick.
1: I haven't watched that one, I don't think. Is dude, it the Metal yeah, one? The, new,
2: the Predator, the new Predator. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah, awesome. That
1: one, yeah, that one had some pretty cool scenes in it. it and then I I think they're doing the Alien series next year too. Really? I oh, think wow. so. I think so. Uh, it's gonna be good. Yeah, that, that I was one thing That was pretty I stoked. love
2: Alien, but not so much aliens. So,
1: how about a uh, Covenant Prometheus?
2: Yeah, I like I like those two. It gets a little too it gets a little too high concept and doesn't really make a whole lot of sense,
1: but it's cool. I like I it. think I think Covenant was like better than Prometheus. That oh, one had I, a really good horror vibe to it. Yeah. I uh um,
2: my favorite thing from Alien is that game Alien Isolation.
1: Have you ever played that? It's fucking perfect. That, that game movie is what I've watched for it. I have it. I just haven't played it, but I know I'd freak out because they they incorporate what was it from the first movie that malfunctioning crazy. android? Yeah, the androids trying to kill you. And then on top of that, you have to avoid the alien and crazy like people that have lost their mind on the space station too. Some real dead space vibes right there. They program
2: the AI of the xenomorph to constantly adapt to your gameplay too. So like you'll if you like hide in a lot of lockers to like get away from it it'll start checking lockers or like it'll start looking under tables and like you eventually in the game, if you get uh, you get a flamethrower and like at first it scares it away immediately. And then after a while, it'll just like run through the flames and kill you. If you use it too much shit, like you got to constantly like adapt to survive. It's, it's fucking cool.
1: Yeah. They, they made it smart just like the movies. I, I think that's those are my favorites growing up was, uh, what was it? Alien, Predator, and uh, Terminator. Yeah, basically all three of the first movies were like basically horror or horror action of some sort. But yeah, yeah, no, absolutely great ones. Terminator yeah, Two, God damn. Uh, Terminator One and Two, best. And Salvation. I like that newest one that came out. Oh yeah,
2: Dark Fate was good too. Yeah. Yeah. The only one was... really bad ones are Genesis and Three.
1: <laughs> yeah, those those were eh.
2: But even 3 is, like, good compared to Genesis. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. And then they also added the alien in a game. I don't know if you heard of it called Dead by Daylight. And the alien, like, basically, they have, like, different skins for it. And it's funny because one of them looks like, I think, one out of Resurrection a little bit. Where it looks like it's, like, a like a human slash alien with a skull face. But this one just looks like a human slash alien. But, yeah, like- and they, put, they put it in there.
2: I liked how they did the Xenomorph in uh and the Predator, but mostly the Xenomorph in uh Mortal Kombat X. Oh yeah, that's and cool. They made it like uh what if a, a, a like a Tarkatan, like Baraka, like was like impregnated with the Xenomorph so it had like the arm blade stuff like
1: Yeah. Fucking cool. Yeah, that was badass.
0: Event Horizon is one of the greatest like oh. or,
1: <laughs> Classic. I tell, I tell.
0: Everybody I know about that one who says they like horror, I'm like, if you have not seen Event Horizon, it's like, <laughs> I feel like for some reason that one slips through the cracks with some people. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. I don't know how it was received when it came out. But, man, that is such a good slow burn, that movie. It is just so awesome. And, and some yeah. like, of that, like, where we're going, we don't need eyes to see. And you're like – <laughs> just gives you the chills. It's so good. It's oh, just that,
2: great, that movie because, like, all of the promotional material – makes it seem like it's going to be like star trek or like some kind of <laughs> fiction bullshit and then it ends up being hellraiser in space it's, fucking it's
1: yeah. funny because there's why a
0: why it didn't go over well and i don't know if it did i'd have to go back and look to see how it did i might i might google it real quick but maybe <laughs> maybe joey to your point maybe that's why if it didn't if it slipped through the cracks a little bit in terms of not yeah. being A a box office mash, it it might be because people thought, like, oh, I thought this was going to be Star Trek, and it ended up being (laughs) like (laughs) Hellraiser. Yeah, Yeah.
1: dude, that that movie's a classic. I thought it was funny because I I got introduced to that movie, I think it was like 2011, 2012, and this dude that I knew, another dude, um this guy let me this movie. I was like, hey, what is this about? And he's like, oh, it's like Star Trek, Star Wars. I was like, okay. I decided to watch it at like three in the morning, and I'm like, "Oh, this is not <laughs> this is not like Star Trek. This is not like that at all." Like, and then yeah, and, oh dude, it was, it was great. It was one of those like the best movies. They had a killer cast and all that. And then I looked up that movie, and uh, apparently they're going to be doing some odd adaptation of it, like coming up soon. And then the biggest crazy thing I saw with that is apparently there was like 17 minutes of extra footage. And they like didn't add it to like they everybody wants the director's cut because that's also a cult movie too. And, they already
2: <laughs> have a director's cut.
1: <clears throat> yeah, the, does it have like the 17 minutes of extra footage?
2: I think it's got like some of it. Oh.
1: It's just more
2: of the like torture sequences and shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, they had they had like uh, I gotta find that and watch it because it was funny. I saw that What was it. There was like a strip of like 17 minutes of the cut footage. And they found it, like, damaged, non-recoverable, in, like, a salt mine. In, like, I don't know, like, Czechoslovakia or something. And I'm like, why is that in a salt mine? You know what I mean? It was just kind of funny, but it made no sense. But, some, kid, uh,
2: some kid was told that it was, like, Star Wars, and he got so upset that he <laughs> dropped it down a mine.
1: He's, <laughs> he specifically oh, cut the 17 the whole... minutes of footage out so that nobody ever could watch it. Only he it's could. There's
2: a single lightsaber in this movie. This is bullshit.
1: <laughs> he took it away so none of us could watch it. Yeah. But uh I don't know, that movie's a classic and I, I look forward to seeing what else they do with that. But I know they're doing there's a lot of resurgence like the classic movie's coming back, so we gotta well, like, forward it.
2: I feel like that style of like space horror stuff is coming back, like with the remake of Dead Space and everything, like yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Callisto Protocol. Yeah, and, and Bloodborne. And, yeah. yeah
0: there's a lot of yeah there's a lot of cool stuff going on i feel like in in horror and sci-fi right now and and a lot of the best stuff in general just seems to be shows i mean nothing against like i you know going to the movies is still really cool but there's just so many dope shows out right now um you know cuz like i remember when prey came out and i i that's one that's been on my radar too and the, and there's so much cool stuff i haven't had a chance to see that yet so hearing you guys talk about it now i got to I had to watch that because I just got a new TV. My my other one just took a crap after eight years. And uh I need to I need to get uh signed up on Hulu on there so I can I can check that out and check out the new Hellraiser. Cause I, I remembered seeing the new the trailer for that Hellraiser because there was another one too. Correct me if I'm wrong, right? There was another one that came out recently. Bloodline.
2: Okay, okay. So this is yes. thing- don't watch that one.
0: that that this
1: most modern one has like satisfying special effects satisfying homage to the original characters even the main character you can like you can try to pick him apart not the main character but like the main antagonist you could pick him apart and relate him to like two characters from the original old ones and there's a lot of that and they they did their homework and what i liked is that they brought something new to it like, I think, I won't give it away, but, like, the way that it happens after, you know, like, one is bound to die, I think that is, like, the craziest, most foreboding, like, imagery that you see. Like, oh, it's insane, man. Like, the reality that you see, it's no longer that. And the way it happens, it's ridiculous. You'll see what I'm talking about, man. Like, it's got an effect, and you're like, oh, shit, that's a bad trip right there. That's the best way to put it. But, but- yeah, no, it's great
0: trouble sleeping after while, i'll message you both you know because you're both you're both a couple hours behind me too out there in california so i we can we can talk through it <laughs> hey Josh, for sure. this, has been, uh, this has been a lot of fun dudes i'll obviously put up the links in the podcast description and, and everybody definitely go check out cerebral labyrinths from psycho manis check out invaders from uranus from split image and slingshot but thanks again for for joining me this was a lot of fun and I'm i'm really happy that you guys have the collective you have out there and Really enjoyed the new music myself, but uh, let everybody know where they can find you if they're not aware.
1: Um, my band page on uh, Instagram, Split Image CA. We're on Facebook, uh, Twitter. Um, we're also our music's on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, I believe Deezer. Um, just look up Split Image on there, and you should find it. Check out our new material. We got another thing we're going to be dropping before the end of the year. Uh, one more single. And then uh we should have another music video at some point. Um yeah, give us a follow there. Hope you enjoy our music. And yeah, thank you. Uh so
2: we have Instagram, it's psycho underscore mantis underscore metal. Um and then we have Facebook. Um, I'm not sure. I don't run it. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> Basically, I f- I try to focus on our Instagram and our YouTube. So, like our YouTube is at Psychomantis like six six zero five. Um, we just posted a new music video for our song Corpse Dust off of Cerebral Labyrinth. Um, I want to try and do a music video for each track on the EP. So we're working on one for another track soon. Try to do each one a different type of video though, not just like, yeah, I got ideas. Um, and uh, then yeah. just find us, you could find us on any streaming service, like any music service there is. We're
1: on all. Of them. Yeah. Our, uh, our Instagram split image CA that's, that's what it is. I believe yep. it might be the same on Facebook, but yeah. Thank you for listening. Dude, yeah, thank is... for having us, dude. This is fun. Yeah. Welcome. You know, we're we're starting to get show. I forgot to mention this real quick. We uh, are starting to get bigger shows now at Solaris. This place has basically become the new vault because the vault was the spot for for us. We were growing up at high school stuff, so. and so Solaris is the new spot. They just had who was it? Uh, Dri play here like a week or two ago, and now they're they're gonna have the Crowbags, but the singer got sick, and now next month they're having Agent Orange and. All these big punk bands from SoCal and just in general, you know, Agent, New York City. Yeah, dude, Agent Orange next month. Who are they playing with? I don't know. I, I gotta look it up. We're trying to get. Gotta, gotta gotta try get to to that. That's that's
2: like the one punk band that I haven't seen that I've
1: always wanted to see come out and been, all the fucking time. I've just never seen them. We gotta we gotta watch it. But one of the big things that we're trying to do is us to jump on these bills. You know what I mean? Both like yeah. both our bands in general trying to jump on these bills for our area, you know, because these are the big bands now. So basically I've noticing old heads from back in the day are starting to come back out and find the new spot. So, yeah, we're looking forward to that, but um, thank you for having us on, man. Yeah. back, Do this again.
0: You're welcome. You guys are welcome anytime. Like I said, I'm a fan of what you guys are doing. And, um, and I just think it's really cool that you guys have the the community that you do out there. So I'm, I'm glad that, somehow through the internet and you know instagram and all that dylan found me you know uh whenever that was in 2021 or 2022 and and uh we've been we've been doing these shows now man so it's oh really yeah
2: sick. probably shout out we should probably shout out real verse productions too and dylan's and dylan slingshot um i don't I, I i'm using my phone so i can't look up his instagrams or anything but
1: here I'll, I'll look it yeah, up for
0: I believe that, it's he, slingshot uh dot band. I believe is their Instagram. Yep, slingshot dot band
2: is. Uh, okay. Yeah. I was gonna say that guy. He's becoming an integral part of our community for sure. He's done most. He's done a bunch of videos for us. He's done all of split images videos. He's done corpus's video. He's done. He does everything for everybody. It's yeah. it's awesome. He helped he me with the whole design and layout of our merch and
1: all that shit. Dylan is, uh, I guess you would say, in my opinion, a visionary because basically what he's doing, you know, music videos, and he had his Real Verse magazine, and you know his company, and all that. Like what he's doing is like crucial to you know music scenes in general. And hopefully, we get more people to you yeah. know be like him and help him out, you know, and all that. I, you know, whatever he does, because you know he think he's he cares about all of us, and you know we're appreciative of him. He helped us out a lot on tour, too. So, you know, he's he's, he's the guy. And, he's uh, yeah, he, he's a great guy. His, uh, his Instagram is Realverse Productions. Uh, his personal is The Real Instead <laughs> It's another Real Deal. And there's two underscores in between. Um, and, yeah, definitely check out his band Slingshot. You know, check out um, uh, our friends uh, Corpus, uh, Mr. Pfister, uh, Titans Wrath. Uh, Renesla, go ahead, Joey. Throw in there. Uh, Meatbird, uh, brain eater, philosopher,
2: uh, druid. Um, so that's all I can think of right now. Oh, Happy Inhabit. Um, yeah, all those bands. Thought Advantage.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a few others offhand right now that I, I can't think of them at the moment. Uh, Braint- yeah green terror uh shoot who else uh, basically like the area oh yeah vacancy you know all the all these other bands stuff um yeah uh spitball i know i'm forgetting some so you know if i don't mention your name you know Sorry. thinking about you in spirit <laughs> but but yeah
0: well, dudes, thanks again so much for taking the time, especially being a couple hours behind us on, on a Sunday. And thank you again for uh, for your patience too, Joey, and, and taking some time oh. to get this up uh, with my grandma's passing at the end of August and everything. And I was I was sick for a good chunk in September. And really I'm still trying to get back to hundred percent, man, but uh, it's always good talking with you guys and you guys are welcome back here anytime, man.
1: All right. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely, no. man. Thank you for having us. Definitely be here yeah. again.
0: You're welcome. See you guys. Have a great rest of the day. Yeah,
1: you too, All right. man.
0: All righty-dighty, there you have it. That was my conversation with Joey of Psycho Manus and Josh of Split Image. Make sure you go follow these guys on Instagram at CA. And you can follow Psycho Manus on Instagram at psycho underscore mantis underscore metal. The links to all of their stuff will be in the podcast description for this episode. So just scroll down to the bottom of that podcast description, hit those links, and go follow and support my buds in Psycho Manus and Split Image. You will not be disappointed if you love metal, if you love hardcore, if you love headbanging, great lyrics, great musicianship, great artwork. All of it, man. These guys give you the full package A to Z, and I'm not just saying that because they were kind enough to come on this show. I'm really impressed with the friendships, the musicianship, uh, the regional touring, and the music and the artwork that these guys are cranking out out there in California. From Psycho Manus to Split Image to Slingshot to Corpets, everybody out there, man. Like I think it's really awesome that I've been able to connect with such great people through Dylan initially. And, uh, you know, be able to give them an opportunity to talk to you guys about what they're doing out there because it's really special and really cool. And I think it's awesome to see, you know, bands exemplifying that, that, you know, statement of high tides raises all ships. You know, these guys are supporting each other. They play shows together. They go out to each other's shows. Dylan did the music video for Sloth, which you guys just heard at the beginning of the show. He also did the music video for Corpse Dust. Which is one of the songs off of the latest EP from Psycho Manus entitled Cerebral Labyrinths. So, you know, it's really cool that these guys collaborate together, that they, that they work together, they play shows together, they hang out together, they do tours and show runs together, man. So um I'm just really, really blessed to have the opportunity to, you know, give them a platform on this show to to, you know, talk about their art and what goes into it and talk about their friendships, man. Because that's what it's all about. It's about lifting each other up, you know, not even to sound cheesy, but That really is the message of this show, perseverance moving forward, and I think it's really cool that – not even to call it a scene, but that they have this collective out there creatively where they're all you know, building their audiences and and doing what they love to do. I do this podcast because I love to do it. I love having these conversations and giving them to you guys, and they love making the art that they make, man. So I just want to say thanks again to Joey. Thanks again to Josh. It was great getting you guys on the show. I really appreciate you giving me more than an hour of your time, especially being a couple hours behind out there in California with me here in Nashville um, and getting up on a Sunday morning and doing this with me, dudes. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. Excuse me. I swear, every time I do these things, I always end up having to like burp at some point, and I, I don't want to burp right into the mic. So anywho, this one was a little bit of a longer episode, so I want to make sure I don't rant too much here at the end other than to say, once again, go check out... Split Image, go check out Psycho Manus. Both of them have new music out now. The aforementioned Cerebral Labyrinths just came out at the end of August, and Split Image did a split with Slingshot called Invaders from Uranus. That one just came out at the end of September. Both of them have awesome music on it, and uh, go check out Slingshot as well. Once again, shout out to Dylan and Real Verse Productions and everything that he's doing with his band Slingshot and with Real Verse. Uh, it's really awesome. The links will be in the podcast description as well for real verse. So yeah, man, I'm, I'm just really excited to, to do this. Uh, This is, this is really awesome to be able to connect with other great people out there. And uh, of all the craziness and vitriol that exists on the interwebs, it's, uh, it's nice to know that uh, I'm, I'm able to carve a niche where, you know, I can have a positive platform and connect with other positive collaborators uh, and, 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 you know, creatives like I have with these guys. So Thank you to them. Thank you to all of you for listening. Once again, you can follow me on Instagram at March4thPod. My YouTube channel is at March4thPod, and my website is march4th.podbean.com. The link tree with all of my stuff is in the podcast description for this episode as well. So if you were a first-time listener and you enjoyed it, feel free to connect with me on my socials. Feel free to like and subscribe and share. It helps get this show out to more people, and ultimately, that's what I want. I want to put more people on the Psycho Manus and Split Image, so thank you to you for hopping aboard that pirate ship. And on that note, I'm just going to say I hope that everybody has a great start to their week and a great finish to their week, and I hope that everybody has a happy, happy, happy Tuesday. Keep the faith and be kind to one another. Courtesy of Psycho Manus, this is the final track off their latest EP Cerebral Labyrinths. This one is called Pavor Nocturnus. Peace. I I need to need to help. Help.